Finance coming up next on a Thursday on 2NURFM. Barry Preston joining me, Jane Klein, and we'll be taking a look at commodities. We'll also find out what's happening in the markets. Petrol's doing some interesting things. And we'll be chatting to Bianca Moore from ShareGift Australia. And Barry Preston, mining is always in the news. We like it. We don't like it. We don't like the things that come out of the ground and spread through the air. But it's really got a fairly big place in our lives. Look, whether you like it or not, we've got to like it for the simple reason that there is nothing. If you look around the room where you are now or if you're in a car, apart from any living thing, often that comes from the ground too, plants and things we eat and so forth. But apart from living things, have a look around the room. It all comes out of the ground. Gets mined. Well, it gets mined. I mean, irrespective, like your oil and look at your plastics, um, your um, steel, look at your buildings, your car, and in the back of your computer there are a lot of rare precious metals such as probably tin, silver, platinum, um, what else, graphene, which comes from graphite. All these sort of things are essential if you want to live the life you are living now. If not, then let's go back to caveman. If you're happy to do that, then head into the bush and dig a hole in the ground. How many people would be able to live without their phones these days? Well, isn't it funny? Uh, How much of that comes out of the ground? I would suggest most of it. Glass, where does that come? Sand? Mineral sands? All these sort of things comes from the ground. We've got to stop and think, yeah, maybe we can do it a better way and work together uh, to protect the environment. We must protect the environment, of course. But if you want the lifestyle you have now, then you must uh, look at mining because it brings it to you. And that's why we're looking at commodities. Certainly, even gold. We use a lot of gold in various things. We look pretty with jewellery on. If you don't like that, well, don't buy the jewellery. But it's also in the back of electronics and all this sort of stuff. Gold. Well, you, would you believe it's gone up a massive $3 over the week to 1345 Australian per ounce? Um, silver, $20.43. It really didn't change that much. It didn't even change 20 cents over the week. Copper came back $183 per tonne Australian to 7188 or 2.4%. The biggest mover was 5%, which was nickel, dropped 1038 to 19417 But that's had a fairly big rise over the last month or so. Tin came back $675 per tonne or 2.7% over the last week to 24300 Currencies, the Australian dollar, apart from the New Zealand, has strengthened. We're a dollar and point, a dollar point eight cents ahead. Sorry, 1.08 cents ahead in respect to the US dollar. Last week it was 92.72. This week, 93.8. Remember, these things change every second, of course. British pence, 55.88. That's uh, very slightly above. We're stronger there. We get more if we buy, if we are buying British uh, currency. The Chinese yuan rinminbi, we're a little bit stronger on that. Not much. It doesn't change that much. $5.84. And would you believe in the early May it was $5.81. Sorry. 5.81 Chinese yuan rinminbis to the Australian dollar. Now it's 5.84. The New Zealand, 108.9. We uh, a little bit weaker there. We don't get as much. We've dropped nearly a cent. The euro, 69.3. Last week it was 68.1. That was probably one of the biggest movers uh, against the euro. Probably something to do with their zero interest rates. And the Canadian currency, 101.9 uh, to the Australian dollar. 
heading to Brazil. I suppose a lot of people will. Is that, is that where the, the World Cup is? It's starting in less than a day. Is it? Yes. Oh, well, if you, you're a bit late. Anyway, you probably should be getting about 2.096 Brazilian reals, R-E-A-Ls. I think that's how you pronounce it, reals. I guess you're not Something. rushing over there. Anyway. Before it starts. No. <laughs> and let's have a look at the markets. Our market is up six points over the week to 5,432. It's down a bit today. It'll be interesting to see what it closes out this afternoon. The US Dow was up 106 points for the week or just above a half of 1% to 16,843. The Nasdaq, 4,331. That's 80 points ahead or 1.88. That was the biggest mover as far as percentages was concerned. That's the tech-heavy stock exchange in America. The UK FTSE, 6,838, 40 points ahead. The Japanese Nikkei, a huge two points. Last week it was 15,067, 15,069 it closed out yesterday. The Hang Seng, 23,257, that's 106 points ahead. Interesting, petrol. Now, when we look at that, we look at the West Texas Intermediate, which is a huge 47 cents Australian a barrel in, in the American currency. It's 104.4, but we look at it and it's 111.23 Australian, which is ahead 47 cents for the week. And ours is down $1.59 a barrel, 122.15. Now, if we look at the price of petrol, yes, I know it's a marketing thing. It's really probably got nothing much to do with the oil companies, maybe more to do with the service stations, because let's look at it. The unleaded in Newcastle is an average of about 156.3. Last week it was 156.3, so no change. The central coast is 151 cents per litre average. And it's down uh, 0.6% from last week. Diesel Newcastle, 159.7, down 0.002%. And the Central Coast, 159.7, which is exactly the same as Newcastle. This gets interesting. Sydney is down 4.3 cents. Diesel is 155.2, very little change there. Now, Grafton is the cheapest in the state, 148.7 that, we, uh, that the NRMA do. Orange is about the same, but their diesel is more expensive than ours. Looking at it from a calculation point of view, if we fill up in Sydney and somebody else comes straight to Newcastle and fills up, you're looking at about $8 difference in petrol. Why? I have no idea. I believe purely the service stations are controlling the petrol prices, probably not the... uh, the big oil companies. You don't think there's a bit of a connection there, maybe? Well, we're looking at the price of what the oil yeah. companies have to pay for their petrol, and there's a difference in, what, 168 kilometres? $8 a tank on a 60-litre uh, tank. Mm. That's considerable. It can't be freight, mm. because it comes up by a pipe. Maybe somebody's smoking the wrong pipe. <laughs> maybe it's that. Me no understand. <laughs> and the petrol commissioner, if he's still out there... If that's what's happening. (laughs) Please explain. Please explain. Thursday, finance. And we're taking a look at the markets at the moment. Barry Preston, Henry Jennings, not able to be with us today. But, yeah, let's see what you can tell us about the markets (laughs) and the general snapshot. Now, superannuation has quite a lot of tax benefits associated with it. Do you think these will last? No, they can't, purely because of the the growth. It's like anything. Um, 
these are growing uh, huge amounts every year, the, the uh, superannuation. And some of the tax breaks in superannuation are actually hugely generous. They were brought in, I think, under the Liberal government. But they are very, very generous. And I do think that uh, as the, the pie, the superannuation pie grows, yes, some politician will become extremely unpopular, but the decision that he, she or whoever makes will in my opinion, be, the, be for the benefit of the country down the track because it just can't go on the amount of tax benefits that are, that are flowing into superannuation. A person on, might have five or six million dollars in superannuation is getting a similar tax benefit to somebody who's got $30,000 in superannuation. It has to be looked at, but it has to be looked at and fairly. And if we get away from the hysteria and look at it purely from a CS point of view, and that's common sense, that's going to be very challenging, of course. It is challenging, you're right. Now, the IMF has released figures showing that Australian homes are among the most expensive in the world, in fact, the second highest in the world. And the first one is? Belgium, Belgium, in fact, I believe. Mm. Now, we've got 23 million people in this country, and our Aussie home prices is is causing a lot of angst, irrespective of uh, what side of the fence you're on. Yes, if you own a home and it's going up, you think it's great, but you can't live off that. You've got to sell it before you're able to do anything with it. Uh, I also think negative gearing is pushing it up. You're getting a tax advantage if you borrow purely for investment. Uh, There are falls and against on all these things. Um, I think it needs to be looked at from a, a point of view of these prices are not sustainable. And people who are borrowing at the moment to buy homes, please, please, please be careful because one day, somewhere, someone will tap you on the shoulder and say, well, your repayments now will have to go up because the interest rates are going up. That's what caused the global financial crisis. And we're, we never learn. We never learn. History repeats. Uh, moving on, Coles, um, that's West Farmers, I believe, is apparently getting stronger in the financial services Yes, area. they certainly are. And if you are going to Coles or Woolworths even too, they're looking at doing your house insurance, your car insurance. I wouldn't mind betting soon that banks will be selling groceries. <laughs> Anyway, we, we probably hope not. But, yes, Coles is looking at, at strengthening its position in the financial service industry. The West Farmers, the holder of uh, or the owner of Coles, also owns Bunnings. It's also into coal, oil. It used to have a big insurance arm, which it sold. But it's looking still at doing these sort of uh, other ancillary bits of insurance. So, yes, strengthening to get in the financial services industry and... Uh, away from manufacturing. I don't think it does any manufacturing, actually. It, uh, that's probably one thing it doesn't do. Mm. Mm. Nobody does much in this no, country, do no, they? No. Yeah. Now, ANZ is in the news as well. This is fueling the price boom in houses. The ANZ is borrowing overseas at approximately 1.25%, and there's going to be some flow on from this. Uh, because the European Central Bank of uh, the European Eurozone, or as we call it, the zombie zone, is uh, got it's got negative interest rates now. So, in actual fact, it appears that if you put money in the bank, they'll charge you. <laughs> and what they're wanting to do is to get people to get their money out of the bank and spend it to sort of boost up uh, demand and so forth. But having said that, the ANZ can borrow overseas at approximately 1.2%, and. Uh, pass it on to you. Look, there's a lot of filters that it's got to go through, and I know it sounds dramatic, but if they can borrow at 1.25% and lend out at about 6%, there's a big margin there. That's not correct. There are other things that have got to come off that. But certainly, if they can get their borrowings at a cheaper rate of interest, it's going to increase their profits. And banks have been struggling lately, I think, with profits. Mm. Did I say that? I I thought I heard you say that, yes. And APRA, 
Mm-hmm. APRA. Now, that's not what you guys are tangled up here in the radio station. With the Performing Rights Association. This is the Australian Prudential Registry Authority, and it's saying it's getting a little bit aggro in respect to evidence of lending in the high-risk area. What they mean by that is once upon a time you had to have a certain percentage before a deposit to put down to purchase something. This is where they're going above that. In other words, or below that, instead of you having 20%, they say, well, we can, uh, we can probably get this through at 15%. Oops, one day the chickens will come home to roost. So please, please, people, if you're borrowing, be very careful. And if you're ever borrowing to buy a car loan, I've got evidence of this, I can talk about it, um, be careful when they see very low rates of interest. Add on all your other costs. Don't sign on the documents on the day. Get copies of the contracts and take them home and read them before you sign. Well, that's probably good advice in any My, case. Look, it really is because I've seen something that was about 10% and when I looked at it, it's around about 21% with everything added on. Oh, but it's not interest. It doesn't matter. It is a cost, a fee. And an so ongoing one as just be well. careful. Mm. Yes. Mm. Mm. Okay. Now, we've heard the pension age or we know the pension age is going up. Well, the pension, um, yeah, when you're able to re- acquire the pensions going yeah. up, and that's a common sense approach for the simple reason that we're living longer. When it first came in, that we were dying earlier, but we're living longer. So it's obvious, it's a common sense point of view of putting the pension age up. And I would suggest that the access to the pension will also be will have to be increased. So if people are out there now, maybe this is the time to start getting some savings outside of super to tide you over from the time you want to retire from the time that you can access your superannuation. Again, I know they don't teach it at university, but it's called CS, common sense. Again, right. Now, the New South Wales government is trying to sell off all the electricity poles and (laughs) wires. Uh, Presumably, they want to get some dollars from the sale of this infrastructure. Well, let's look at it purely from a, a... political point of view, they're selling it to get money to buy, to uh, build infrastructure. If we looked at it from a company point of view and a company owned an asset, it would look at the asset and say, well, it's bringing in a certain amount of money. How about we mortgage that asset? And we've looked at it and yes, the money that's coming in, which is regular, we can get that. We can even increase the price if we want to. We're going to use that money to borrow to build more infrastructure. In the meantime, we still own the first lot of infrastructure and we're building more infrastructure. Um, to me, that seems a fairly simple... No, it's too simple. Too simple. That's <laughs> this is my not opinion. what the government's but doing. Then, but then again, <laughs> some bureaucrat will, or bureaucrats will be looking at it and say, we can do this, we can do that. Is it purely from a popularity point of view that we need to do it now or is it for the betterment of the state in the long run? Like... Keating and Hawke, I think, well, Keating brought in the franking credit situation. That was brilliant because once upon a time we used to get taxed. The company used to get taxed on its profit. It would distribute it to the shareholder and the shareholder would get taxed on the profit. So it looked a fairly simple sort of thing, but nobody did it beforehand. Probably it was too simple. How about we only tax it once, send it to the tax department on, that's why they need your tax file number. So when you do your tax return... You get it back. Get it back. Or you've got to pay more tax. Simple as that. No, too simple. Thursday Finance, another great occasion. And Barry Preston, we're looking at share gifts. 
We certainly are, and we have with us today Bianca Moore, and she has an in-depth understanding of the Australian philanthropic, that's an easy word to say, isn't it, sector, after working for many years in the JB Ware Philanthropic Services Division. Now, with Share Gift Australia, and we're going to find out all about that, focusing which focuses on mobilising a new stream of funds by share donating to charities. I think this is a brilliant idea. Hi, Bianca. Hi, Barry. Thanks for having me on your show. Pleasure. Now, a lot of our listeners may not have heard of Share Gift Australia. We've only talked about it once before. So would you mind telling me and all of us about what it's? what is this? What is it? Sure. So we're a not-for-profit organisation, Barry, and essentially we make it easy for people to donate their shares to charity. So if you think about the traditional ways that people can support the community, most people would know that you can either donate cash or that you can volunteer your time or expertise. So what we're trying to do is demonstrate that there's another really wonderful way that you can support the community by donating your shares. Now... It's coming close to the end of the financial, or coming close to the uh, financial year's end, and many investors are tidying up their portfolios and find that nuisance, small holding, as we call it, and they've called them other names for that too. But um, what, with this, what what does one do? It's, you're absolutely right. It's a very busy time for us, Barry, as people are you know tidying up their affairs. So we've seen an influx of donations coming in, which is just great. So essentially it's a very easy process. There's a one-page donation form that's available on our website and all they need to do is fill that form out and send it back to us and then we'll take care of the rest. So I should say that our cut-off for issuer-sponsored donations is June the 20th. So there's not much time left, but if you give us a call or have a look on our website at the donation form, we can make the process as, as easy as possible for you. And what I'm going to do is warn our listeners, if they wouldn't mind getting a piece of paper and listening and a pencil, because you're going to give them the websites and the phone, uh, phone number just a little bit later. Now, um, these small holdings come about by, or the value drops in the shares and that's a small holding now. And some of our clients may have sold shares, forgetting that they had what's called the DRP or Dividend Reinvestment Program in place. And oh. now they end up with a small holding. Now, these statements will show they've got 10, 30 or 40 shares worth, ouch, $30, $80, $100. Now, they keep getting this correspondence and the DRP the Dividend Reinvestment Program still keeps operating. You get a lot of these? We get a lot of these, Barry, and it's, uh, you know, it's great that we can offer a service where we can provide to shareholders an opportunity to be able to sell their shares and they don't need to pay brokerage on their shares, no matter how small, because we partner with four supporting stockbrokers and they waive the brokerage fees on their transactions. So it means that the shareholder actually receives a tax deduction for the full value of the share sale proceeds because they're not paying brokerage on the transaction. Regretfully, I don't think superannuation funds can donate, can they? No, that's a little bit tricky, but if you've got any questions, give us a call and we can talk through some of those complexities with you. But we do any you know, publicly listed ASX trading shares, we can help you with. Obviously, we need to find a buyer for those shares, so sometimes it can take a little bit longer than usual, just depending on the circumstances of the, of the trading company. Mm, that's interesting, because you advised us last time, we talked at 
and you said that it's now possible for me, I'm going to donate some shares, say, I want to donate this pesky small holding to a charity. Now, can I recommend a charity I would like the proceeds of my shares to be donated to? And could you tell us some of the names of the charities, if possible? Sure. Absolutely. So Shaggy's a really great way to help people support their favourite causes. So if the value of your share sale proceeds exceeds $50, you can recommend a charity that comes to the board for nomination. So on that one-page donation form, you'll see a little box there where you can recommend a charity. And we go through a process where we do the due diligence on those charities, so provided they've got the right status, that nomination then goes to the board and once a quarter we make distributions to charities. So today we've actually donated to over 330 charities and some of those are, you know, your well-known ones such as the Selvos or Beyond Blue, St Vinnie's, the Smith Family, but there's also a lot of small charities out there that need support and this is a really great way to be able to, you know, help the shareholder support their favourite small charity and perhaps it's one that they are active actively volunteering with in the, in the community. And I saw one, not a charity, but I saw something that represents a charity, a guide dog on the way here today. Is that in there too or not? I believe it is, yes. Mm. We've got, so there's a, you know, lot we've got a lot of mm. the cha- a lot on there, yeah. Mm. And we're also gearing up for our biggest distribution to charities yet this quarter, so there'll be a few new ones added, added to the list. Okay, I'm going now to ask you the name of the website and the phone number and then we're going to go for a break and then we'll come back and I've got a lot more questions for you. So what's your website? The website is sharegiftaustralia.org.au Gee, that's simple enough. Sharegiftaustralia.org.au Now, what's your phone number? Not yours personally, but what's your phone number? (laughs) It's 1300 731 632 one three hundred seven three one six three two, and we'll be back again and see what else we can find out about this share gift Australia. Well, Thursday Finance and Barry Preston, we are talking about getting rid of those little share parcels and making sure they go to a good cause. They're called uh, two smaller holdings. I can't think. It's not with me at the moment, but we're with Bianca Moore, who is uh, a good understanding of this Australian philanthropic sector and it's Share Gift Australia. Now, Bianca, can I make a cash donation or must it all be in the form of shares? You certainly can make a cash donation, Barry. Our core model is share donation, but you can certainly donate cash. And again, if the value exceeds $50, you can also recommend a charity to us. Great. Now, with Australian Securities listed public companies, do they also use your facility to donate small parcels of shares, possibly from share buybacks or lost contact with shareholders? They certainly do. We work with a number of listed companies at the moment, Barry, and this is a really exciting area for us because, as an example, we worked with AMP in 2012 for their small shareholder sale facility. So we were included as an alternative in that facility to um, to enable their shareholders to donate small parcels of shares. Well, so in actual fact, the company, which you mentioned, the AMP, uh, they, in their share buyback form, gave the opportunity, instead of selling the shares, to donate them to you, did they, on that actual form? That's right. Wow. Yeah, that's right. And we also work with companies who promote share gift to their shareholders. So maybe at the time of the dividend mailing, and they'll include 
a letter and a donation form for share gift as a voluntary initiative in case people would like to donate their shares, small or large, to us. Mm. That's great. And it's not compulsory. It's a personal decision whether you want to do it or not, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Completely voluntary. Now, some shareholders may ask, are tax deductions available should one make uh, a small, uh, you know, have a small shareholding? Could they use that as a tax deduction if it's going to a charity? They certainly can. So anything over $2 is tax deductible. And as I mentioned before, because our brokers waive the brokerage costs involved, it means that the shareholder can actually claim a tax deduction for the full proceeds of their share sale. And what we do is once we've processed that transaction for them, we send a letter which acts as a tax receipt to the shareholder for their records. Okay, now when shares are donated to ShareGift Australia, does ShareGift Australia hold them for any length of time or do they sell quickly and how quickly do the proceeds get distributed? Sure. So the process, we usually say that it takes between five to ten days and what we do is pull the donations and once a quarter the board makes the final decision on the charities that are to receive donations from us. So it just means that this provides us with a way of making larger size donations to charities. Okay, now what I'd like you to do, could you just give me a a sort of a bulletproof uh, idea, a brief of how it happens? Now, I get the website and we'll work through that again in a moment. And I've got the form, I fill it in, send it to you. Now what happens? We receive the form. So you can either scan and email that form to us or send it via post. We receive the form. If there's a charity recommended on that form, we take note of that charity to be able to put forward that to the board. And then we take down all the details of your share sale proceeds and then pass that on to our supporting broker. The broker then, you know, proceeds to transact for us and provided they can find a buyer, you know, that goes through, we receive confirmation and then we send a letter to the shareholder with all of those details which acts as a tax receipt for them. So it's a very simple process. You know, we try to make it as easy as possible for the donor. And we also, you know, if there's a situation where the amount is, you know, larger than, you know, a small small unmarkable parcel of shares, we also contact the, the donor just out of courtesy to make sure that they ensure that they understand the value of their share sale proceeds and are happy for us to proceed. So we do have that due diligence in the process as well. Fantastic. Sounds like a very simple system, but yet a very effective system to help people out with their short holdings, uh, small holdings. Bianca, uh, as I said, it sounds a great idea. Now, can you give us the website and your phone number once more for ShareGift Australia? Sure. So it's au. And the phone number is one three hundred seven three one six three two. And the phone number one three hundred seven three one six three two. Bianca, thank you very much indeed. Keep safe. Hope you get Thanks, lots of Barry. Okay. And that's Bianca Moore from ShareGift Australia. And Barry Preston, one last word on superannuation. For those wishing to contribute to their superannuation fund this year, you are running out of time. Don't leave it till the last minute because I think Monday's the 30th of June. That's too late. Too late. Too Not late. next Monday, a couple Just, of weeks away. A couple away of weeks yet. away. Monday the 30th of June. Just take care. And Please. that's finance for today. Keep safe. See you next week. And Julian Campbell will be along.